The products discussed in this podcast are only available in the United States. Hello, everyone. This is Kevin McCullough from the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team at Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. I'm joined by my colleague, Mark Santolo. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about trends in institutional client portfolios. Uh, Mark, we saw you know, a very challenging year with double-digit declines across several risk asset categories. Uh, I know environments like this can sometimes have somewhat surprising impacts on on planned funded status as uh, asset and liability values fluctuate and, and sometimes fluctuate differently uh, depending on the environment. What have we really seen in the past year? Yeah, we've seen a pretty stark contrast. Public plans fell by over 12% in funded status terms and corporate plans actually rose by 12%. So how is this possible? It's really largely a liability story, not an asset story. Um, public pensions discount their liabilities at the expected investment return assumption. So you take a given plan that might have seen their liabilities grow over the course of the year by something like 7%. Corporate pensions, on the other hand, discount their liabilities based on high-quality corporate bond yields. We saw bond yields skyrocket last year. That led to a massive decline in liability values. Um, Just as an example, a given corporate plan might have seen assets decline 13%, but their liabilities declined by 23%. So they actually had their funded status improved by 10% if you can believe it, even despite the year that we had with all the with all the losses. Um, over the summer, we recorded an episode for our mid-year trends and mentioned the pickup in corporate pension risk transfer activity. Just mentioned funded status was around 110% on the corporate side. So you're definitely going to see plan sponsors continue to take steps to lock in their gains and reduce the volatility of their retirement programs. I would think locking in that positive funded status would seem especially attractive after a year like last year. Have there been any changes to plans expected return assumptions given the the challenging environment that we're coming out of? Some of the key building blocks for long-term capital market assumptions include earnings yields on the equity side, treasury yields and credit spreads um, when you're talking about fixed income assumptions. Essentially, all of these are higher year over year. In addition, expected returns are often nominal assumptions, at least for pensions. So if your long-term inflation outlook is higher than it was a year ago, that's another potential driver for higher expected returns. Um, Having said that, when we look at the average return on asset assumption for public pension plans, we really aren't seeing any evidence yet for plans increasing their assumptions. We have seen the pace of reduction seem to stall. If you go back to the early 2000s, before even the uh, global financial crisis, the most common investment return assumption for a public pension was 8%. That dropped to 7.5% and more recently to 7%. Now in 2022, we're seeing the average drop to the high sixes. Uh, so, I mean, cash went from basically an asset that paid you nothing to an asset that's paying you somewhere between, you know, somewhere in the mid fours right now after rates have risen. Uh, shouldn't that 7% be an easier hurdle to meet uh, going forward, given the investment environment we're, we're now entering? You would think so. I mean, these are long-term investors that move pretty slowly, so a pivot like this could take some time. So just for the sake of argument, if 2023 ends up being a complete reversal of 2022, you'd have a one-time windfall for your assets, and then your long-term assumptions looking out beyond a year from now will be right back to where we were before this year. So maybe a wait-and-see approach is to be expected, at least initially. Um, There also are also a few plans around the country in the middle of systematic downward adjustments in the investment return assumption dating back a few years. So, for example, the Nebraska school retirement system is cutting their investment return assumption 10 basis points per year until they reach 7% in 2024. So they're essentially smoothing out an adjustment that was already approved a few years ago. And then last thing to mention, too, is just a lot of plans have June 30th plan years. 
could be a bigger group of plans making uh, adjustments at mid-year. So that could be an interesting date to watch. So we've touched on corporate and, and public pensions. What about fi- foundations? I know the dynamics are a little bit different uh, with, with foundations. Are the annual spending requirements uh, in a year like this where you know all assets are basically down uh, causing any additional stress uh, in the recent volatility? We called this trend three steps back because the year-end assets for foundations fell to levels last seen you know, just over three years ago in late 2019. Um, as expected, the biggest factor by far was investment returns. The average foundation lost 15.5% just from the market. Um, foundations also typically have net negative cash flows on account of their grants and expenses exceeding new contributions coming in. And cash flows during 2022 were uh, estimated to take another 3.4% of assets. So overall, they were looking at about a 19% decline in assets. And when you think about um, you know, an average foundation maybe spending 5% of their investment assets annually, this lower asset base means that the spending budgets might be more strained in 2023. One of the, I guess, broader themes that we've seen play out has been stress in what have typically been considered, you know, relatively safe assets. Uh, we briefly saw a rapid decline in treasury liquidity uh, during the COVID crisis, but interestingly, we saw a more gradual decline in liquidity in treasuries through uh, really all of 2022 uh, and elevated bid ask spreads for most of the year. Uh, is that a phenomenon you think is likely to persist going forward? Yeah, it's a problem that's been growing for many years and partly due to structural changes from post-GFC regulations in the financial sector. You know, if you look back um, and compare it today to, to the GFC era, the size of the treasury market has quadrupled, but capital requirements have made it more expensive for banks to hold treasuries. So bank holdings relative to the size of the market have really dropped. And hedge funds, high-speed trading firms have come in and uh, taking their place. So we've seen bid-ask bid spreads remain fairly elevated throughout 2022. As you said, um, back in uh, Q4, the Bloomberg Government Securities Index, which measures treasury yield deviations versus fair value, even touched the ultra-high levels we saw for a few days in, in March of 2020. And liquidity has been particularly bad in off-the-run treasuries. So you've got off-the-run treasuries, which are treasury bonds that are not the most recently issued for a particular maturity whereas on-the-run treasuries are the most newly issued bonds. Um, Off-the-run treasuries, that's the vast majority of outstanding debt that's out there, while on-the-run treasuries, much smaller percentage of the outstanding debt actually make up 75 to 80% of the daily trading volume. So there are some concerns that the next major bout of volatility, we might see something break. Um, the Treasury is aware of this. They've done a few things. They've surveyed primary dealers on the potential to actually buy back off the run issues and retire the debt. Um, But another suggestion that some have made, which we thought was interesting enough to include here, is to have a larger, more diversified group of potential counterparties, including asset managers and institutional investors. Um, And they call that all-to-all trading. And that could uh, mean that institutions would be able to exchange treasury bonds without settling through a clearinghouse. And the goal would be greater price transparency and improve liquidity, particularly during times of stress in the market, like we had in March of 2020. Yeah, something I think we all we all uh, you know can appreciate the need for after a year like 2022. Uh, federal relief payments from the March 2021 American Rescue Plan Act uh, recently began. What kind of impact do you think that's likely to have for multi-employer plans? So they've tiered out the eligibility and started with insolvent plans and plans expected to soon become insolvent. Over time, 
large plans in critical and declining status were prioritized, as well as plans maybe expected to become insolvent over the next few years. We did have one very large plan receive approval in December of 2022 to be paid out in January of 2023, which helped bring us up about halfway to the estimated $94 billion cost to the program. Um, looking ahead this year, March 11th of 2023 is a key date when essentially all eligible plans will be able to apply for relief and they'll have until 2025 to, to do so. There is a stipulation that's um, of note where 67% of all relief funds are required to be invested in high quality institutional grade fixed income, and then the remaining 33% allowed to be invested in return seeking assets. So the pool of relief assets that we're talking about will have a much lower risk profile than the remaining plan assets in most cases. So as I said, the final cost of the program is estimated at $94 billion. So we could be looking at institutional flows of around $60 billion earmarked for treasuries and corporate bond strategies if those estimates are correct. That concludes our discussion on recent institutional investment trends. For more detailed information, please visit the web article on our website. And as always, feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or for customized insights tailored to your specific portfolio. On behalf of the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team at Texas Investment Manager Solutions, thanks for your continued partnership, and thank you for listening. Important information. As of February 8, 2023, this material is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. The views and opinions expressed may change based on market and other conditions. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Investment risk exists with equity, fixed income, international and emerging markets. Additionally, alternative investments, including managed futures, can involve a higher degree of risk and may not be suitable for all investors. There is no assurance that any investment will meet its performance objectives or that losses will be avoided. This document may contain references to copyrights, indexes and trademarks that may not be registered in all jurisdictions. Third-party registrations are the property of their respective owners and are not affiliated with Natixis Investment Managers or any of its related or affiliated companies. Collectively Natixis, such third-party owners do not sponsor, endorse or participate in the provision of any Natixis services, funds or other financial products. Natixis Advisors, LLC provides advisory services through its division Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. Advisory services are generally provided with the assistance of model portfolio providers, some of which are affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers. LLC Natixis Advisors, LLC does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax or legal professional prior to making any investment decision at XSimSolutions.com. Member SIPC. Expiration date. February 29, 2024. POD 197 February, 2023. Adtrax 5440960. 1. 1.